Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Scott Treblecock, CEO of Court Mining, and we talk permits, plans, and portfolio. And if you want our thoughts on the conversation, their plans for next year, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find detailed company reports on there. There are training videos to help you do a little bit more analysis, a commentary from experts from around the world, a variety of com- companies and commodities. And of course, there are summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you a little bit of time. And do go and join our thriving community of investors are sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, safe environment without the old trolling and abuse. You'll love it. Uh, that's cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Hey, Scott. How are you doing, sir? Excellent. Fantastic. Not not too bad. I, I can see you're at the Imperial Gold Hotel there. How are things? <laughs> I am. I, you know, <laughs> yes, I've, I've, used virtual, I've used virtual reality to escape rainy Vancouver and go down to magically down to California. Beautiful. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be able to do that? There's a company I'd invest in. Um, so how, how have things been? You've been good? Yeah, it's been excellent. We've been, uh, in Sidecore, we've been incredibly busy and, you know, we've been safe in the face of COVID and in the organization and managed to keep working. So mm. uh, it's been great. Yeah, a lot of press releases, which, I'm, which is why we called. Okay, so we're <laughs> going we're gonna to have a little catch up about what you've been up to and, and plans for next year. So, uh, but first of all, people, for people new to the story, give them that one minute overview and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, so Core is a gold developer in the United States. We have two great assets uh, in California, and we've also got a great exploration project up in British Columbia. We've raised financing from Eric Sprott to work that portfolio in 2020, and I think we've made a lot of progress. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's certainly been a, a big news flow. Um, lo- a lot of lot of activity, it seems. Um, can we let's let's start with the California assets first, if you don't mind? Because I think last time we spoke, we talked about your portfolio approach to give you optionality and you know to make some decisions. And I think obviously with a bit more time and a lot more work, you're at that point where you're going to start making those decisions. But remind people what you've got: the two projects in California. Yeah, great. So we over my shoulder here, you can see the uh, office for our. I guess, I guess you call it the flagship Imperial project. It's for sure the most advanced project in the company. We did a PEA earlier this year, but because of the history of the project with a lot of technical work, the board was confident moving that project immediately into the permitting process. So we're working on mine permitting currently on that project while we're looking at also the great exploration we have around it to you know keep a, a robust story going. Then the second asset is a simple heap leach project uh, in Central California called Long Valley. Um, it We did a PEA earlier this year on that, shows some really nice economics, but it's a very traditional staged PEA, needs more technical work, got to do more drilling, uh, advance the mine plan and confidence in the project before you know taking it into that uh, next development step. So we've got a nice pipeline of development projects uh, in the United States. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so let, let's let's come back to Imperial, okay? Because it is the flagship. You're kind of going to skip a few stages because you think you've got enough data uh, to do that. So getting getting into permitting is great. So uh, and it's California, okay? People are looking at this thing. Oh, California, problematic, yeah. not mining friendly. What's your answer to that? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so we are on federal land in California. So the regulatory framework and process is the same as you'd be in Arizona or Idaho and even in even in Nevada. Now, 
would you rather be in Nevada and in, in right next to Elko and in a place that's very, very, very mining friendly? Yes, but even in Nevada, the process to go through permitting uh, is, is the same you're gonna face uh, here in California. So it all comes down to like, quite frankly, like anywhere in the world about local political support. If you get a local community and county, particularly that's the most important entity in California that is supportive of the project and they don't throw up roadblocks in front of the BLM and moving through the permitting process, you know, you can move through the permitting process in California and develop by gold mines. This project is located nine miles from Mesquite. It's a large operating gold mine, been there for 25 years, got a very good reputation in the community and it's not gonna be there much longer. So locals are worried about job loss, but they're also comfortable because they've been living next to a mine for, you know, ever. Right, okay, so, so there's history, there's track records. Have you engaged with the local community? Have you had to, or are you waiting for the permits to process yeah, again? Yeah, no, exactly. You know, you got to get out in front of that uh, early. And in fact, the bulk of the team working out of this office over my shoulder is, let's see, there's five full-time staff and the only technical person is our, is our COO. It is all about government and community relations. And we have been, you know, growing our brand in the community and we've had over 200 meetings, even in the face of COVID, you know, a lot of them by Zoom with everybody from the congressperson and senator for the area, right down to every local mayor in the, in the small towns here, the local religious and their business organizations. And, you know, I think we've, uh, we've make sure we get our message out there first about what we're trying to do and the value we're trying to bring to Imperial County. Okay, so that, that project, you're talking about 146,000 ounces a year. It's a relatively low uh, ASIC involved um, with that too. It's relatively low capex, quite frankly. So it's kind of got a lot of the moving parts that you want. So your board's certainty around permitting is, is one thing, and you're telling a good story about engagement there. But the questions that have been sent in here around what's the timeline? When does this thing you know, may, you know, get to the point where it can make a construction decision? When do you start having conversations about funding? When do you get into production? That, that whole line, how many more shortcuts can you take to get into production? Yeah, well, I, you know, you, you, that's sort of the part, the, the good and the bad of the, the system in the US is you can't really take shortcuts. So we're not trying to shortcut anything. Like you're gonna be on a two to three year BLM timeline just like you'd be in, in Nevada to, to get a what's called a record of decision, which is effectively the federal government saying, yes, you can use this federal land for mining. You then backstop that with local permits around reclamation, particularly Imperial County dust is a big issue uh, from all the agriculture in the area and being dry, it blows up in the air. So you're gonna, you know, your probably biggest ride here is gonna be getting your permit from the, the local uh, dust monitoring board that's where you thing. get like caps on how much dust you can produce. And in fact, that's the limiting factor for wow. mesquite is actually the dust permit of all things. So, you know, I think we're three, two to three years from a BLM decision. You got another year to put all the bells and whistles on your local permits. And we're already talking to all those agencies. Um, you know, in the meantime, the, the plan is to explore and try and find more on the exploration property to fill in the gaps in excitement, quite frankly, at least for the external market, as you march through that process. And I think when you're looking to invest in core and, and what we look at for deploying gabble, is there risk reward for the time frame to go through that process? And, and we believe there is. Okay, that's interesting, because you've got an eight year life of mine, you're going to need exploration to come. Again, 
in the market, they think in numbers, they think in, you know, 10 year life of mine minimum, they think you need a million ounces, all of this kind of, you know, the yeah, arbitrary sure. numbers which people throw, throw around, yeah. right? Okay, so you're going to need to do a lot more exploration um, to kind of make, you know, say, fill in the excitement void. Um, where's the money come from? Yeah, that's, that's that's a good question. So, I mean, I think we're going into a good gold cycle here and a gold cycle not being the gold price next month or, or even next quarter that, you know, the gold companies are in a period of gold price where they're going to make high returns, they're going to start competing with for capital, they're going to attract higher and higher valuations, they're then forced to look at growth and the, the trickle down ends up being they eventually start buying and, you know, doing takeovers and buying growth and other growth projects. And we would like to be on that on that menu. So where do we kind of fit in that world? And I think on that basis, people will be putting speculative capital into companies like Core. So we'd expect to go to market to raise money. Um, our strategy to date has only been to re raise money to meet a milestone or to do something we know we can do. So I, I mean, I, I bought deals I turned down six and 12 months ago with warrants. I could have loaded up on capital I didn't need and be sitting on the money now. But you know, when I get a permit and I've, I'm looking at a 50 pad permit and I want 10 to drill 10,000 meters and I go to the market and say, I got a good use for this. this is what I think I can accomplish and I'll raise the capital at that point. The other thing that core is looking at is looking at strategic investments. So while, you know, most of the mining companies came into our peers, you know, in the low point of the market, I do think there's a, a strong case and there is sort of some growing interest in, you know, companies like to, Think, they think it of putting their foot on the company. Um, we think about it bringing in skills and capital. So, you know, we, we are looking at bringing in a strategic investment, you know, at, at the, the corporate equity level into the company. So we are pursuing a few different pathways for cap to bring capital in. Okay. And that, I guess that's probably, that question is probably a little bit early because in the context of some of the other projects that you've got going on, it, we might come back to, to, to that. But so for how much money do you think you would need to allocate at Imperial over the next three or so years, two, three years to kind of fill in that gap? Because what, what do you think it needs to look like for an outsider to be coming in and going, hey, this, this is this starting to look interesting for us. This your Californian assets. We like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, if it, it's it's whether Core will either de-risk the project to the point where we can finance and build it, or de-risk it to the point where someone will buy it, um, and their risk tolerance will either come down to match our risk de-risking or our risk de-risking the project will go up. But somewhere we'll meet in the middle. I don't know when that is. So your your question is very germane is what will we do in the company to make those systematic de-riskings and to deploy capital over time to create value in the asset that someone you know, either ends up being a, a producer in core or, or is acquired by somebody. So the direct answer to your question, you know, the actual team that it takes to permit, do the EIS, drill, complete a feasibility study, and be sitting there with all the sort of work done in, in your hands where you can finance to construction, you know, we've got some got some estimates that you could do a lot more drilling. It's probably twenty million US. Okay. To go through that full full period of time, that's over the three to four year period. Um, we'd like to do exploration drilling of some significance in addition to that, but you don't need to raise all that capital in one shot. There are some milestones along the way: getting your plan of operations in place, getting a memorandum of understanding with the 
which is basically starting your EIS for the for the mine, which is uh, kind of fixes the timeline for the BLM and sort of more certainty, uh, kind of what you've seen at uh, you know Integra Gold up in Idaho. So, um, there, I think we'll raise capital in in chunks to meet milestones going along the path. Here. Yeah, it's, it's interesting planning the process here, and listen when you when you you know take capital in because you've got optionalities of of, of moving that exploration. You're starting now. We're moving it down further, further down the process. When you sort of got a bit more sight of when you'll be in production, it's it's a nice, nice, nice problem to have. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about Long Valley because I think the, the the two projects together is probably what the company will look like going forward. Because I know you've talked about yeah. spinouts of of BC assets, etc. So Long Valley again also got a PEA, hundred thousand ounces a year. Also sort of short, well, seven year life of mine uh, uh, here, and again relatively. Lowish capex in the in the context of things, so but the IRRs for both look great. So you've got a similar set of problems, you know, s- similar assets in, in 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 many ways, both open pit, etc. So when you when you look at those assets, in fact, when other people look at those assets, I mean, do they think that you're going to take this thing into production? Is it really is that realistic? Um, I mean, it's realistic. Simply, I think, you know, you kind of said the characteristics. So we've got a chief operating officer, Mark LeDuc, who's built multiple of these mines. He got Castle Mountain permitted in California for Equinox. It just completed construction. They're pretty keen through their messaging to actually do the expansion. So, I mean, there's an example of a heat bleach project going ahead, getting built, getting into production and expanding in California. There's kind of another example. We've got the guy who did that project, you know, running running our project. So we're perfectly capable of over time building the organization. This is not some complex mining method. This is a gravel pit with a bleach pad. There's not even a crusher. So it kind of doesn't get much simpler. So we could easily get the skills to build and, and deliver the project. Um, it's what happens down the path. If a corporate comes along and wants to pay an appropriate price, giving how much de-risking and capital we've deployed, you know, so be it. So do people believe one way or another? No, I think it comes down to, um, you know, how far will they get? So an, like an appropriate buyer, like, like like an Equinox, who've got a similar operation in the same state. Yeah. 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 That certainly there'd be speculation. That would be a logical acquirer, but we are setting up Imperial, particularly with this great exploration play around it and kind of controlling the whole district right up to Mesquite's door. You know, I think any standalone company can come in and build it in, Pretty similar economic and risk levels as as Equinox. Okay, so and again with with this, you said it's slightly slightly more complicated in that you've got slightly less technical uh, data at the moment. So it's going to follow a more conventional approach to moving it through. C- correct. You know, we're we're currently permitting a drill program, kind of as our first test of permitting and understanding the regulators with the uh, federal agency, the U.S. Forest Service. So. Um, we're pretty late in that process. We've got some good indications. They've made some decisions around, you know, the decisions they have to make to how much environmental assessment work and they're going to do. So we look like we're going to get a permit in Q1 uh, for, for drilling at that project. So there it is about, we've got some really nice near mine step outs to grow more oxide because I don't see the production going much over the 100,000 in the PEA. But we think we've got good line of sight to increasing the mine life just by adding more near surface mineralization, growing the size of the resource on surface. And then we'll probably test for some 
underground grades, sort of in the what they call the boiling zone of this epithermal deposit deep down, trying to find some some spectacular results in the in the sulfides because you'd need that quite frankly to make it economic. So there's sort of two two purposes of uh, of the drilling we would do, and and then obviously you would probably do a bigger campaign of whatever you found to resource it, and then either do an updated PA or PFS. At that point, you'd have a better idea of the risk to whether you'd you know propose a mine or traditionally go then do more work and do a feasibility study. Right. Okay. So let's park this for now and we'll come back because there's a lot of moving parts here. So let's park California for now. Let's move up to BC. So B BC, I saw a press release, you talking about potentially, oh, I'm sure you got lots of options, but the, the release talked about spin out um, there. And, and I, I was just wondering, because I pushed you hard on this portfolio approach that you you had when we spoke in, in end of July, right? Because I, 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 at some point you've got to become a big boy and you've got to make some choices and you've got to focus because you know Correct. where the money we, we agree. is, right? Yeah. So when, have you started that process of making those decisions? When do you make those sorts of announcements? So the shape of the company going forward? Yeah, so I, I think it'll be very soon. Uh, we, we announced, I don't know, about a month ago now that the board had authorized management to pursue it, you know, quite frankly, spend the money to look at all the options and prepare for spinning out our British Columbia assets, which, you know, it's a thousand kilometers of, of claims in the Caribou district right next to a Cisco Development Corps project that they're pushing really hard. And on the back of the success we feel we've had at the FG Gold drilling, which has been ongoing for the better part of this year. So I think some of those investments we made in that portfolio approach early this year have sort of given us a strong idea of what that asset is. And through both staking and exploration and circumstance of Development Corp, I think it's created a situation where we believe we've got a really good standalone exploration story. And as a result, the board said, hey, go do all the prep work to look at a spin out of that. And if it, we can do it on a tax-free basis to shareholders, and there's a pathway to get there, you know, I likely will pull the trigger the middle of this month. And we'd like to, if we can get those, the company split and into our shareholders hands in, in January. Right. Okay. And so it's a bit more complicated than that, isn't it? Because you, someone's going to need to run that. So it's going to take someone else's Correct. time and attention. So you're going to have to have that team set up to go. You're going to have to go to the exactly. markets, get some capital. And it, is that is that the decision spin out or does someone else come along and and just take it off your hands their format to them i mean what what are the options you're thinking there because because this is this isn't about the money immediate money in the back pocket per se for you this is about focus focus on what's important so this is less you're trying to remove a distraction in a way but create some value for at some point in the near or distant future right so what are the options right. you went through yeah, I mean, there there certainly are, you know, M&A options. You're, you're kind of surrounding and have some good exploration ground around Spanish Mountain, which is right next door. I know Eric Sprott's put some money into that and they, you know, are trying to revive that sort of development story. You've got this greenfield exploration. So there certainly are some M&A opportunities. You can go and approach development. Maybe they want to go even bigger in the district and, and all those type of things. That's sort of putting your fate in a third party, which um, in my... <laughs> Doesn't always work out. Picking yeah. tires at Nevsun was uh, <laughs> sort of tells me that I would rather rely on on our own timelines. Yeah. So we've really come down to: is there a good way to you know deliver this company to our shareholders um, so that they can benefit? 
from the attributes of that. And the attributes of that are its exploration. So you need a big risk reward equation to invest that capital, as opposed to think what you want about California, but we're in a, a very different risk reward scenario, you know, developing in the United States as we are, you know, exploring in, in, in BC. So I think that risk reward requires separate entities, raising separate capital, developing different share registers over time. Mm. And, you know, we don't have a lot of institutions in core right now that are going to say, but I don't want that little explore co thing. So, you know, that's a problem. I think it's a good time, both from a capital structure perspective and a markets perspective to get that company trading separately. Now, where does it go from there? Does it merge, get taken over? I hope it's aggressive, as aggressive as core has been entrepreneurially to, to create value for the shareholder base that will start as cores and grow from there. I mean, the interesting thing is, is the timing of this. Obviously, we've, we've had a fantastic 18 months in terms of precious metal pricing. Great, lovely. Mm -hmm. uh, but people are dusting off the old pieces of, uh, well, better watch my language here, dusting off a lot of old assets, <laughs> which perhaps yeah. have seen better days or have been, you know, not worked on the previous two or three occasions for a reason. So, that, But the point is, whether your asset's good or bad, there's a lot of white noise out there and trying to get notice when all of that white noise is out there. Um, it's, it, it can be tough. So you, you've got, you're going to have to come at this with you know, real thought as to how you stand out and you know, how you fit in. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's, we were talking about this in the pre-call. There's however many number, I don't even know, 300 you know, junior, TSX listed junior gold companies all kind of telling the same yeah. story. So you really do have to differentiate to attract capital. And you know, on the flip side, you know, other than the sort of you know craziness of the occasional burst of bot deals that you see like happened in the spring, I give credit to investors. They're smart. If you put together a good story and you deliver on your objectives, I think you can attract capital. And as more capital flows into this sector, you know there's still lots of room for a, a wide variety of companies. And we think we've got a good differentiated story uh, in the Caribou because of the scale of the project, the success in 2020, and the you know and because of development, you know, Cisco developments rise of the rise in the district. Right. Okay. So I think it's fair to say we we will see or you'll soon be able to park up in terms of mentally park up BC assets in one way, shape, or form could be a benefit to uh, your current shareholders if you do a spin out or other options that I'm sure you've got you're keeping on the table for yep. now. So it's happening real soon. So back to California with two assets, very similar, similar stages. You know, similar profiles. Are you tempted to? I've talked about you being a target. Are you tempted to look at targets? You've got you've got Eric Sprott on board after all. Yeah, I mean, again, back to your question. There is an there is an element of management distraction, and you know, dilution of capital allocation that I'm I'm reluctant to bring more assets in the company. We need to focus and deliver milestones at Imperial. I think we've got a team that's now been together and on the ground, you know, in this office for four months, the team's been together for about six, Mark's been in the project now for over a year. I think they got a really good handle on how to deliver some of the, those milestones and certainly they've learned everything they need to start getting ramped up on the project. So yeah, I'd be reluctant to dilute their attention by bringing more into the company. I think they got more than enough opportunity as it is. Good. Okay. Nate, 
Management has 38%, Eric Spot's got 26%, it's really tightly held, your GNA is good, you're not spending money unnecessarily. You got a bunch of uh, Eric Spot's cash and other people's cash at the moment. What are you going to be doing with it in 2021? Yeah, I mean, primarily it's making sure that this team working in this office over my shoulder, um, you know, delivers on the ground. You know, we call it uh, the coalition of support. So it's building political support on the ground you know, in the county, and that involves a whole wide variety of things. You know, I'm, I'm very impressed with our uh, head of government affairs down there. He was part of two major projects that got permitted in this county in the past. So he's very well connected and, you know, keeping driving that stuff. And that primarily involves dealing with the BLM. Like the BLM office has been closed on and off because of COVID. It's been challenging communicating with them. And we got to make sure nothing else slips and we start just, uh, you know, running like a machine down there. So that's primary objective, uh, objective number one. Objective number two would be to get out and uh, start drilling. And we got two large drill programs in permitting, one at Imperial and one at Long Valley. Whichever one comes first, we'll get the drill um, and that'll get the exploration team active. And the third objective is we have, you know, we're going to make this company more and more American, you know, as you get rid of BC, you know, we're going to, you know, look at some, obviously, I think you're going to make some changes at the boards, bring in some more American talent, some political connectivity, get as much of the admin overhead and work happening here in Imperial County in the U.S. because ultimately, this is going to be an American gold company and it, it needs the, the skills and money being spent uh, locally. Okay. Interesting. I mean, obviously you're not going to go for an NYSE listing. It's too expensive, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but that's, that's interesting. You want, you want it to be more American. Okay. I look forward to seeing what yep. that, what that, what that means for you. So uh, drills will start turning once permits arrive on a first come first serve basis. So you've got one drills. I mean, you're going to need to find out another, what we saying? It's going to be that's going to be availability of capital, right? Like, uh, you know, if markets are good and our share prices perform, people are recognizing the value creation potential of these assets. You know, we could we 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 will have permits once those two projects get permitted to drill for several years. We got 150 pads in Imperial County. You could do 40, 50,000 meters on that uh, that easily. We could do probably up to 15,000 meters in Long Valley. We don't need to do all that right away. So it's going to be a availability of capital. We'll start with one at Long Valley. It's not the place you can roll out 10 drills and do the uh, the big splash story. I think uh, you want to be pedantic about exploration and, um, you know, hit targets. But I, I could see two drills with some with the good markets turning uh, by the summer. So, so how much cash have you got today then? How much is left? Uh, seven and a half million Canadian. Right. Okay. Give or take. So we got about a million bucks to finish up all the assaying and drilling. There's still a drill turning in BC. Actually, they're going to be closing up for Christmas and then demobbing uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to, all like the chorus be cut and assayed and demobbed. So that's about a million bucks. And the rest is just, you know, funding that team in Imperial County, getting all these things in place for 2021. Right. Okay. So you don't need to rush out to the markets anytime soon. Is what I'm hearing because no. you have no timeline on the permits yet. It's just be right. soon. Correct. Do you think soon is less than six months? Yeah, yeah. For for Long Valley, almost for sure. Simply because of you know when it when it started. I mean, it started in. We put in the. I think they formally accepted the application in like July. 
So that's going to be a, you know, an eight, nine or 10 month process to get a drill permit. That's surprisingly not untypical in the United States. Um, and then, you know, we'd expect by middle of the year, call it, let's say June, July, we'd be permitted at, at Imperial. And that program will give us runway for a couple of years of drilling. So at that point, we're going to have lots of flexibility about turning on and off drilling depend on capital markets. So, okay. okay. Um, I'd like to think that we have a, we get into a good mold market here in the new year and we can raise some money in Q2 maybe to fund that drilling on the back of a permit. Okay. So you painted a real uh, clear picture for me today. So you, you tell us how long you think it will take to... Uh, at, at, at Imperial, um, is, is Long Valley following the same sort of timeline? Is it just going to take a little bit longer because you've got a few more steps to jump? Um, or hoops to jump I'd through? put it. I'd put it to. I'd put it sort of two years behind. Two years behind. Truly, okay. like a got you it. know, if you were building up capabilities, you'd start in the years ahead, thinking about okay, when they finish building that one, they're going to move up and you know build that one up there. Um, and two years is just that again that real PEA stage of Long Valley. You need to do some more. Met testing, you know, as you infill drill some of these hopefully new step out discoveries. And again, you know, try and get that, get it up to one and a half to two million ounces in the mine plan and just make it that much better to, to make a construction decision. Right. So you, okay. Right, permitting decision. Permitting decision. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm just trying to, just trying to think is I know you get, the drill bit's going to have to deliver the excitement. You're going to have to raise money to do that. So it's going to be dilation for the next couple of years. But Mm-hmm. At, the, at the at the same time, you're hoping to move that further along the curve, increase the number of ounces. And is it going to is this going to be an ounces in the ground story from from here? Is it because the numbers the economics possibly won't change too much from the PA, will they? Um, no, not for some time. Like we've not allocated infill drill dollars, which can get expensive. Um, now Long Valley is very shallow, and yet you're, you're going to use RC drilling, so you can put a lot of meters in relatively cheaply to add ounces. But I, I mean, I see it as a, as a nav story. So it's going to be how excited the analysts get about, um, you know, right now they've got very, very conservative timeline dilution numbers in their navs. And we still look like a reasonable PNAV. You look at core marker PI's coverage, you know, as they, you know, tighten up the, you know, fundraising assumptions and start adding more and more of that blue sky it gives you that valuation creation potential. Like you see some of our peers go on runs. Um, I know I'd, there's, there's several names in the, you know, gold development sector that have had great success getting to the three to $500 million market cap on assets that quite frankly are smaller and less advanced than, uh, than, our, than the Imperial. But um, I think you got to create that excitement of, of blue sky upside. And that really drives um, interest, particularly from the, uh, Analysts. Okay. Um, well, fine. Thanks very much for the update. Good. Uh, good. Great. To, good to hear from you. Always great to speak to you, Scott. Um, yeah. Thank you. It's always it's always a pleasure. I love the uh, I love the strategic line of questioning. It's so important for for companies to actually have strategy. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> I, 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 I did. I was I was not throwing darts at my competitors, but let me just. Uh, Right. Well, look, um, Stentos, sounds like there's, there's a few things going to be happening uh, in Q1. Uh, let us know how you get on uh, with your Americanization process yeah. and uh, more importantly, uh, permitting. Okay. Speak Great. to you soon. Always a pleasure. Uh, have a happy holidays. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? 
or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.